Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Your top five wide receivers for week 10 are as follows. Jamar Chase, if he plays against the Houston Texans. Stephon Diggs against the Denver Broncos. Both those teams are at home. We get CeeDee Lamb against the New York Giants. And then four and five play each other. Hayden, that is Keen Allen against the Detroit Lions defense. And the opposite side, I'm on Ross St. Brown at the Chargers. Pick a few. Talk to me. I think this is a very clear top five. And there's actually a big drop off after that. So starting with Jamar Chase, he has a back injury. Hasn't practiced that much, but he played through the injury after falling on his back last week. I think that he will be ready to go. And on top of that, T. Higgins is now week to week after having that setback there. I w- looked at the team total for the Bengals. It, it was at 27. It's still like at 26 and a half. So we should still expect a bunch of fireworks, now even more targets for Jamar Chase over there. I will add the Houston Texans, shockingly this season, have not allowed a 100-yard receiver wow. in 2023. Isn't that incredible? Considering and they're, no getting, yeah. they're getting Derek Stingley back yep. this week. That still doesn't scare me. When, when Without T. Higgins, Jamar Chase gets so many layup targets right now. Totally. So, yeah. totally. And we'll get to Tyler Boyd later on, which is a discussion in itself. And I think people, because it's Joe Burrow, who's now healthier, to go along with this Bengals passing attack, people are wondering, like, is there a pass catcher that can step up? Uh, the last time that T. Higgins missed, which was in week five, the man, the myth, the legend himself, Trenton Irwin, the crocodile hunter, ran a route on a season-high 82.4% of dropbacks, eight of 10 targets, Hayden, for 60 yards. Wowie, wowie. Okay. Uh, Stephon Diggs, even facing the Packers, the Jets, and the Chiefs twice over the last four weeks, Denver is allowing still a 72.3 catch rate and 9.1 yards per attempt to wide receivers. That's been 28th in the NFL. So again, they've gone from miserable, awful, worst ever, to still like a below average to bad defense on top of that. Right. And Steph Diggs, even last week when Josh Allen was still struggling, Diggs still gets home because he's just that much of a beast. So a a little surprised you don't have CeeDee Lamb as the wide receiver one. If like the Giants had any fight back, would you have him as the wide receiver one this week? That's what scares me. It's the only thing that scares me. Adoree Jackson might not even play. He's in the concussion protocol. They have rookies uh, on the perimeter as well. C.D. Lamb's the wide receiver one in usage. Uh, we talked about the Dak Prescott splits against man coverage, basically the best quarterback against man coverage this season because he absolutely lit up the same giant secondary that plays man at the league's highest rate. So if I knew that Tommy DeVito was actually going to score some touchdowns this week, yeah. then I would make C.D. Lamb the number one. And we know Wink is going to send some heat, send some pressure, or try to. Uh, when blitz this season, CeeDee Lamb has a team-high 33% target share and has been targeted on 37.5% of his routes and posting a ludicrous 4.22 yards per route run. Mm-hmm. So just catch like five passes, CeeDee Lamb, and made, let's make this happen. Right now in the underdog pick lobby, his higher lower for receiving yards at 77 and a half. That seems pretty intriguing to me for all the reasons that you mentioned, but also 10 yards fewer than the first two guys. Okay, let's talk about, again, this matchup of the Lions and the Chargers. Um, 
Keen Allen, uh, first of all, against this line secondary, which we have talked up, uh, especially stuffing the run and mentioned about the secondary being injured. Again, another shocking statistic to throw at you. Adam Thielen is the only wide receiver to reach 100 yards against the Lions secondary this season. And I think we can overlap some of the places where Adam Thielen and Keen Allen run their routes. That's what I was going to say. The Lions are playing the second highest rate, cover, uh, basically cover two defense, two high shells, zone underneath it. That's where Keenan Allen is going to absolutely live. Uh, so right now, underdog pick and lobby at 80 and a half receiving yards. The team total isn't quite as high as I'd like it to be for the Chargers because they've been struggling. Still no Josh Palmer. He's on injured reserve. Quinton Johnson's not going to be a threat. So I think it's just going to be Eckler, Keenan Allen, target, 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 all the way down. And speaking of zone coverage, I mean, Amon Ross St. Brown should carve up the Chargers zone coverage as well on top of that. Mm-hmm. Okay, those are the top five. That means we move on and it gets, you know, Every ranker has their own order, let's say, from here on out. Uh, And yours is Michael Pittman at the New England Patriots as your wide receiver six overall. Um, Talk to me. This is a Sunday morning game, once again, in Frankfurt, Germany. Right now, pick and lobby, 66 and a half yards. This next tier, it's a bunch of players in kind of that 60 to high 50s type of tier. So we're flipping coins here. The Patriots have been bad against fantasy wide receivers. They're 25th against them. The team total for Indianapolis is up to 22 and a half points. The Colts pass rate is a little bit down because Jonathan Taylor's finally healthy, but no Josh downs means that Michael Pittman becomes an even more of an easy button for this offense. So he's been really strong wide receiver 11 this month. So it's not making that drastic of a move up the board. We're missing some key players because of buy. And I don't know if this is a Gardner Minshew stat or a Michael Pittman stat, but Michael Pittman's yards per route run numbers are way better against man coverage than they are zone coverage. All right. The Patriots going to run some man coverage, obviously. Okay. Next up, Deontay Johnson. Who would see the day? Hayden Winks ranking Deontay Johnson as a top seven wide receiver this week. Since returning to the lineup in week seven, Deontay has led the Steelers with 31 and a half of the team's targets and 45% of their air yards. He was actually one of my highest drafted players this offseason. I remember buying the damn dip, and I'll continue to do that right now. Uh, Packers just placed two deep defensive backs on injured reserve. Jair Alexander is now not practicing because of a shoulder injury. He was already dealing with a back injury. Hasn't been necessarily the same exact player. So I think his individual matchup is rock solid. And like you said, he's just been owning in targets because this team refuses to throw the ball over the middle. They like to throw the ball on little quick outs to the perimeter. That's where Deontay Johnson lives been the wide receiver 10 in usage this month uh, and actually scoring a touchdown every once in a while, which has been the difference for him. And I just don't think the Green Bay Packers defense is good at all. Yeah, we already posted our quarterbacks and tight ends tiers. I would say the hot lightning rod topic so far in that quarterback ranking is where you have Geno Smith uh, based on what Geno Smith has scored this season. And for that very same reason, DK Metcalf is next here on your list. And Hayden, we trust the formula, and we trust attacking this Washington Commanders defense. And if you don't like my rankings there, you can go over to the Underdog Pick and Lobby promo code the show and find some lowers on that because Metcalf's is really high. Geno Smith's is really high because the team total sits at 26 points. Have you heard about the Commanders corners? Not only are they bad, but they're also tiny. Is DK Metcalf good and a superhuman freak? Yes. So I'm hoping that those things could actually, you know... (laughs) Hit for some positive regression this last month. This is crazy. He's the wide receiver 44 in production. Wide receiver yeah. six. And you said six. 
Wow. I mean, that is staggering. And I think it probably speaks to kind of where Gino's at because you can look at Tyra Lockett on top of that and his numbers. I mean, just to put that into context even more, DK is only averaging four receptions per game. That's the lowest since his rookie season. Again, according to Rich Rebar, DK Metcalf has a 56% catch rate, the lowest rate of his career, and 16% of his targets have been inaccurate this season. That's the highest rate of his career. The catch-all and the big deodorant is this commander secondary who have allowed 20 receptions to wide receivers on throws 20 or more air yards down the field. Let's make up for some lost time and get two or three of those to DK Metcalf in this game. This is just negative play rate inside the red zone and the Seahawks are third highest. They've just constantly been struggling in the red zone. Here's an idea. Just throw the ball up. DK Metcalf versus 170 pound Emmanuel Forbes on the perimeter. How about that? Okay. Mike Evans is next for you. This is against the Tennessee Titans. Um, obviously, an incredible start to his season. However, he's almost turned into like a big play hunter a little bit. Right. Like the intermediate targets have almost evaporated here for Mike Evans. And it's either short stuff or long stuff. But thankfully, he and Baker are still hitting on the long stuff. This is more or less an eruption spot for him. And that's even more the case with Kevin Byard traded, Sean Murphy bunting, that is a corner for Tennessee. He hasn't practiced this week Former as teammate well. of Mike Evans. Maybe. Do we call that revenge? Whatever um, it is, he I, knows I think, him. I think Mike Evans was probably bullying uh, SMB on the practice field, too. I, w- I would guess so. Um, but he's not going to be out there. And the Buccaneers have just been passing the ball a little bit more recently because they can't run the ball. I think that will be even more true going up against defensive tackle Jeffrey Simmons. So I think it's a good spot for both Evans and Godwin. And for my money, I just think Mike Evans is a better player. Okay, we close up the top 10 with Garrett Wilson, um, who in some ways has become a very reliable wide receiver two slash wide receiver three, especially in recent weeks. And it's because of the volume he's riding on Hayden. He now has at least 12 targets in each of the past three games. That is only, and yes, these are good numbers, but only turned into wide receiver 18 and 16 and 23 because he's attached to Zach Wilson. That's the problem. Well, I have a wide receiver three in expected points as well. What do you got? Bees flying in your face? Fly. Moth. Fruit flies. Fruit flies. Um, Two fly. Well, the Raiders have faced five, I'll call them elite wide receivers. Four of the five of them have had double-digit half PPR points. Pick and lobby likes them at 66 and a half yards as well. I think this is a good spot just to get keep this trend going. Your only chance is if Garrett Wilson or Brees Hall rip off big plays. Give each of them a bunch of targets. I think the only way like Garrett Wilson doesn't get into like this top 25 status is if it like drops down to eight targets. But I almost think that's impossible because Garrett Wilson and the way he's creating separation is like at an elite level mm-hmm. this season. And again, at the very least, it's not accurate. It's not good. But Zach Wilson knows his first retarget is Garrett Wilson. He's at least giving him a chance. So if he gets, if he scores a touchdown, though, that's like a top 12 week. Immediately with 12 targets. Yep. Okay. Tier two. That begins with Marquise Brown, who gets his buddy. The reason why he is Arizona. Kyler Murray back in our lives is against the Atlanta Falcons, who are actually third in the league in allowing just 4.3 receptions to lead wideouts they face on a weekly basis. I call that the AJ Terrell stat. It is. We've also seen Terrell give up a couple big plays throughout totally. the course of the season. Obviously, Kyler Murray's way better 
than Dobbs is. The Falcons defensive line might be the worst in the league now with Grady Jarrett not in the picture as well. And just as a reminder, last season, the first six games with Kyler Murray, Marquise Brown ready to go. This was also without DeAndre Hopkins. He averaged seven catches for 81 yards and scored a touchdown in three of the six games. Those are wide receiver one numbers. So the Cardinals right now have a 20 and a half point team total, which is about league average here. They really were patient with Kyler Murray here. I think he's basically ready to go and they were actually trying to win some ball games. And I think that Marquise Brown has looked good this season has actually had like strong wide receiver two usage the entire course of the season. A couple deep balls go his way and all of a sudden we're cooking. Um, and it's actually my fi- my single favorite pick on projection right now. Marquise Brown, 53 and a half receiving yards. I like his odds of hitting that even with AJ Terrell, just because I think they're going to scheme Marquise Brown the ball. Like that. Like that a lot. Okay. Another steady wide receiver two on the season is uh, Brandon Ayuk. Over the last few games, <sighs> wide receiver 20, <laughs> then wide receiver 33, wide receiver 37, wide receiver 36. And maybe I go back on what I just said, a little bit of a steady wide receiver two. Right. What I will say, Hayden, is he is playing at an elite level from like an isolated standpoint that only Tyreek Hill is averaging more yards per route run than Brandon Ayuk this season. The issue, and this is pointed out by the great Lord Reeves on his worksheet, Ayuk is running just 27 routes per game, which is 73rd among all wide receivers. And that's been the problem this entire, like just like talking about Ayuk for a couple of years now. Obviously, the entire skill group is healthy right now, which also works against him, except... Brandon Ayuk, you said he's great with yards per route run. I think the 49ers are going to pass the ball more in this game. One, because I think that Jacksonville's offense can keep up with the 49ers. And two, we've already heard the Jacksonville defensive coordinator say, we are daring teams to pass the ball. Well, yep. if they do pass the ball, that should be going to Brandon Ayuk. Tyson Campbell and uh, Andre Sisco, both on the injury report, those are starting defensive backs for Jacksonville as well. Teams facing the Jaguars fifth highest neutral pass rate in in neutral situations. So I'm hoping to get Brandon Ayuk the ball here, but Debo Samuel is fully practicing and he's now in the mix. Well, right now there's a flash sale on underdog fantasy's pick up. It'll be gone by the time you watch this, but keep in mind around like noon, nearly every single day, there is a flash sale. Uh, I'll take that higher on Anthony Edwards, and then I'm going to find the Brandon Ayuk. And then with his receiving yards only being at 63 and a half, maybe I should go receptions at four and a half. Which one do you feel like? I think receptions. Okay. I'll take those two in conjunction with each other. Bang. All done. Uh, Because to your point, you might just said this word for word, 132 yards on average. This Jacksonville Jaguars defense is allowing two wide receivers. Uh, That is 31st in the NFL. And I'm totally with you on the Brent Ayuk ranking over uh, Debo Samuel, who's coming back from an injury too. Yeah. Okay. Next, DeAndre Hopkins, now attached to Will Levis. What are your thoughts here on DeAndre Hopkins, who is still winning contested, and now he is, you know, has a quarterback who is willing to throw down the field, uh, along with Ryan Tannehill, has the two highest intended air yards per throw averages in the NFL this season. And on top of that, no Traylon Burks this week in the concussion protocol. Tampa Bay, 31st against fantasy wide receivers. They This is a pass funnel. Carlton Davis, a corner. Jameel Dean, another corner. They're also not practicing. So everything's looking good for DeAndre Hopkins. I still think it's a very boom-bust profile because the way Will Levis operates. So I think we could have 
hundred yard touchdown games. And we also could have some dud games for DeAndre Hopkins, but there's all, there's quite frankly just like nobody else to throw the ball to in this offense. So maybe I'm not giving DeAndre Hopkins enough credit here. So I think a strong upside wide receiver too. And I think Will Levis looks a little bit better than what I thought, just because a little bit more touch than I was mm. kind of expecting. Tyra Lockett, where you spoke about DK Metcalf. If we think DK is going to play well, if we think Geno Smith is going to play well, there's always an avenue also for then Tyra Lockett to get home too, because there have been weeks where he's obviously outscored his compatriots here. Super boom bust this season. Um, a little bit more touchdown reliant than in years past, but commanders have allowed eight different wide receivers to score more than 15 half PPR points. And a lot of them look like the Tyler Lockett profile vertical playmakers on the perimeter. Your wide receiver 15 is on the opposite end of that. Terry McLaurin. Um, I feel good about Terry McLaurin. I know this season, uh, in the last two weeks, let's put it this way, because to me, when we opened the season with Eric Bieniemy, it was a lot of deep dropbacks, long developing routes. This is why we got Logan Thomas feasting at the start of the season as he was the underneath player and everything was cleared out for him. In the last two weeks, it feels like things have gotten shorter. McLaurin are, uh, has at least five catches in four straight games, 10 targets in four straight games on average too. But now it's the Seattle Seahawks defense who on the perimeter is playing extremely good football. I completely agree with everything. Commanders number one in wide receiver usage this month. They are right there in neutral pass rate as well. And that's obviously helped Terry McLaurin. It's still TBD if Curtis Samuel's going to play in this one. He's been limited in practice with that same toe injury. But I am with you. Jamal Adams, Devin Witherspoon make a big difference in the Seattle secondary. So playing in Seattle is also never fun. So that's why he's just a tick down here. But I'm with you. Like if Sam Howell's going to get the ball out a little bit quicker, that'll take the up and down nature of all these wide receivers out a little bit. I just the enemy with these freaking rotations like Diane Brown and Jameson Crowder and, and all these Kirk guys. It was questionable. Kids. Curtis Samuel's questionable for this yeah. game. So that maybe he gets back into it as well. Um, okay. Your wide receiver 16 is Chris Olave at the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, we've talked about this a lot. I thought Matt Harmon had a great about one minute dialogue on how Chris Olave gets nothing easy this season. Again, it's a, it's a topic that you and I have discussed quite a bit. I mean, 27% of his targets are 20 or more yards down the field. Only Alec Pierce has a higher rate um, among wide receivers with 300-plus routes this season. And then 52% of those deep targets have been inaccurate. That is the right. highest rate of any wide receiver with double-digit targets. So he basically has to hit the difficult stuff in order for his season to work this year. However, I think his touchdown last week was, you know, inside the red zone and an intermediate target too. almost all of his targets last week were actually yep. within 10, 15 yards. And it was a red zone touchdown this week. Like we talked about it with Alvin Kamara and Taysom Hill, just because of how unique this defense is. Chris Olave should get a lot of isolated looks against pressure one on one win the ball downfield. So it will be a little bit boom bust. But I do think his odds of hitting one of these long receptions are way up just because the Vikings cornerback uh, depth chart right now and just kind of how they operate uh, as a defense entirely. So he's just been a really, he's been running really bad on these deep targets and he was really exceptional with them last season. I don't think he's a better or worse player than he was the last season. It's just been Derek Carr missing him by five yards. A lot of a couple drops this year as well. Don't want to uh, discredit those as well. I forgot to mention where you have drastic differences than consensus rankings. I'll quickly do that, that now. I mean, where you have Deontay Johnson as wide receiver seven, consensus rankings have him as wide receiver 16. That's also similar to Michael Pittman, 
You have his wide receiver 12. They have him as, excuse me, they have him as wide receiver 12. You have him as wide receiver six overall. You are about in line with his next name and Tank Dell, who, again, you have his wide receiver at the 17. They have his wide receiver 20. And it's a fascinating, I think, season playing out so far for Tank Dell from the standpoint of he is becoming almost Chris Olave-like in a high-variance-ness where he has three weeks as a top 20 wide receiver. Mm -hmm. And then other than that, he's been the wide receiver 47, 63, 77, and 73. To me, he's like... Uh, Rashid Shahid, but there's no Michael Thomas or Chris Olave to steal. He's playing full time, full time now, and Nico Collins is not going to play in this one. Robert Woods still banged up; he's been DNP limited, so it could just be Tank Dell, Noah Brown, and John Mechie out there. I think Tank Dell obviously is the best. Hoping that the Texans' season high neutral pass rate from last week continues. No Damian Pierce as well. There's no excuses to the lot. Let CJ Stroud cook, and I think that's good news. For Tank Dell, he's still a player in progress. You can see that. Like sometimes he gets pushed around a little bit, but when he gets going, he really gets going. And CJ Strouds is the most aggressive quarterback in the league by far, throwing the ball downfield, holding the ball on to make sure his players can get downfield. It's been exceptional. Chris Godwin is next. Anything you want to add to his name when we've already discussed Mike Evans here? Just that Mike Evans is like top five in touchdowns over expected. Chris Godwin's bottom five in that same exact metric. You would think that those two would get a little bit closer together. Chris Godwin scored a touchdown. I think it was two weeks ago. Just the explosive play is you can't compare the two between them. So that's why he's ranked a little bit lower, even though we like the matchup entirely. Two teammates close out the top 20. Calvin Ridley is your wide receiver 19. Christian Kirk is your wide receiver 20. I think some people might be upset that you have Ridley over Kirk here. What's the reason? I mean, it's just one spot. I just want to be... Right. Right. So when offenses face the Niners, they pass the ball at the third highest rate in neutral situations. And I think on top of that, they don't like to throw the ball over the middle of the field because there's this guy named Fred Warner. So players, I'm going to throw out some some numbers here. Jamar Chase, 100 yards. Jordan Addison, 123. Amari Cooper, 104. Marquise Brown, 96. Puka Nakua, 147. That's a lot of the profile of someone like Chris uh, Calvin Ridley just working on the perimeter downfield, like Marquise Brown, Jamar Chase, Jordan Addison, Mark Hoover. That's like very similar profiles to Calvin Ridley. But at the same exact time, it's not like the slot corner for the 49ers is very good. In fact, Isaiah Oliver is eighth worst in snaps per reception. So I just think both of these two can get there. It doesn't sound like Zay Jones is going to get there. I don't think that Evan Ingram is in a good matchup because of Fred Warner and the safety play. So I do think it's just going to be funneled the ball to these two guys and they don't t- teams typically don't try to run the ball that much in Jacksonville has been way more run, run heavy, especially in the red zone than yeah. we all would have liked, which has made these two guys way up and down this entire season. Yeah. Basically the 49ers are better through the middle of the field than they are on the perimeter. Yeah. Um, hopefully if that's the case, then Trevor Lawrence holds onto the football longer and allows for Calvin Ridley to have chances down the field. Because again, he has the second shortest time to throw in the league right now. I'm not blaming that on Trevor Lawrence. I'm actually saying that that is a probably Doug Peterson game plan approach that we have seen this season, especially again in these last few weeks and somewhat similar to last year when it was a lot of Christian Kirk and it was a lot of Evan Ingram. This is something I'm going to keep my eye on. Jacksonville is dead last in their pass rate inside the five-yard line. So it's been all Travis Etienne or Trevor Lawrence sticking the ball out. Maybe against Chase Young and the rest of this uh, 49ers defensive line, 
maybe throw the ball out to the perimeter once we get inside there. Very cool. Okay. Tier three begins with Devontae Adams. Yep. All the way down as your wide receiver 21. Even later than that, if you want to check out Hayden's rankings, they're in the description down below. We obviously eliminated all the incredible players that uh, right. took the field on Thursday night football. Uh, so that gives us Devontae Adams as wide receiver 21 here. I mean, it's it's been pretty abysmal. We got to be honest here. I mean, 18 catches for 176 yards with zero touchdowns over the last five weeks. Now, rough matchup against both Sauce Gardner and DJ Reed. I will say, in just basically one of those five weeks, and correct me if I'm wrong, has been with Aiden O'Connell. Mm-hmm. And with Aiden O'Connell under center, Devontae Adams has a target on 31% of his routes compared to Jacoby Myers' 14% of his routes. And that's what I'm at least hanging my hat on. Uh, other thing I noticed, Aiden O'Connell, uh, he's had a short drop back on 85% of his pass attempts. So like this like really deep target type of offense, I don't think we're going to see with Aiden O'Connell. So I think it's going to be a little bit harder for the explosive play to get there for Devontae Adams compared to last year where he was like basically the best deep threat in the entire league. So maybe we get there with more receptions, but at the same time, last week was a 33% neutral pass rate. So we shouldn't ex- at the same time, we shouldn't expect the Raiders to be winning by what 30 points very often either. So I think last week was like as bad as it'll get, but obviously Devontae Adams versus Sauce Gardner is not the most intriguing matchup. This game total is embarrassing. Cortland Sutton, your wide receiver 22 against the Buffalo Bills. Uh, you're hoping for a touchdown. We are hoping for a touchdown. We're also hoping just for more volume. Over the last month of the season, the Broncos have been winning some more games, getting Javante Williams going. That's made Sutton and Jerry Judy both rank outside the top 50 in expected points among all wide receivers. This week, though, playing in Buffalo, the game script probably is going to reverse here. No Tredavious White. Uh, Buffalo's been allowing 7.6 yards per attempt without Tredavious White. No Matt Milano on top of that. The difference between Sutton and Judy this year, Sutton scoring all the touchdowns. He also happens to be a lot bigger and the X receiver and as Sean Payton offense. So I will continue to rank Cortland Sutton ahead of Jerry duty, but both of them should get the rock. Like that's been a problem for them. I, we should expect both of these guys to see seven, eight, nine, 10 plus targets in this one. Uh, pick and lobby about 45 and a half yards for him. Jordan Addison attached to Joshua Dobbs is your wide receiver. 23. He's still down there as wide receiver. 27. Um, and consensus rankings is obviously against the New Orleans Saints, who have had some really good weeks defensively this season. And I mean, look, we really enjoy watching the roller coaster of Joshua Dobbs, but things can be a bit chaotic. And you hope in that chaos yeah. equals some receptions for Jordan Addison. But sometimes it is not going to be in the phase of play. Let's put it that way. Yeah, this is like probably too sim- simplistic, but. Marquise Brown was like a tick below this with Dobbs over the course of the season. And Addison's basically operating as like a version of Marquise Brown. The only difference is Kevin O'Connell wants to pass the ball in ways that the Cardinals offense didn't. So that's why I rank Jordan Addison slightly ahead. I'm assuming KG Osborne's not going to play in the concussion protocol, but he was at least limited. We'll update that on the Sunday morning show. TJ Hawkinson's on the injury report with a rib injury. I'm assuming he's going to be ready to go. Last week, Dobbs was scrambling a ton and throwing to his tight ends. So Jordan Addison had to make a hell of a grab on the sideline just to kind of even stay in the mix here. I'm hoping that things just calm down a little bit for Dobbs after one of the most shocking games you can possibly dream up uh, last last week. But still, Marshawn Lattimore waits Jordan Addison. Lattimore a little bit more physical, not afraid from contact. This would be a big test for Jordan Addison. 
Debo Samuel against that same Jaguars defense, as we talked about with Brian Ayuk. Again, one of the few teams that wants to stuff you on the run and invites the pass. Right. Uh, so hopefully we get some yards after catch opportunities here for Debo. I hope so. Um, in their four games together, Ayuk 10.1 expected half fever points, Debo 10.0. So I don't want to lose sight of that. It's been a while since we've got that healthy version of Debo Samuel, though. But I wouldn't be surprised if he came back here and like Debo Samuel still had a good game. Obviously, Brandon, you've just been better this season, also healthier. So that's why I have him ranked ahead. But I don't think that this race is completely over yet, especially if you get Debo Samuel throw, uh, getting some targets down the field. It's been a while since we've seen that, but we know he is capable of that. So pretty interesting that his like projection is like 20 yards lower than his teammate. Uh, I like these two more than I like George Kittle, though. Drake London is next for you. Drake London is playing this week with a groin issue. Hopefully that is fully healed. Those can definitely flare up right. uh, in game. Uh, I mentioned, and I think I should have looked this up, so I will give you the rough statistic, that Taylor Heineke's intended air yards per attempt the last two weeks have been higher than any Desmond Ritter's so far this season. That will help someone like Drake London. It'll help Kyle Pitts. Um, in, in comparison theory. to what they were in theory, in theory is the right way of putting it. Uh, I have him as a full participant on Thursday, probably going to be the same on Friday. So I'm hoping that that groin injury is a thing of the past. They don't have a whole lot of notes for him yet. Yep. Amari Cooper. We love Amari Cooper, especially this season. He has been so consistent and so reliable, but he runs into a buzzsaw known as the Baltimore Ravens defense. This week, um, I mean, even when he has played the Ravens over the last three games as a member of the Browns, three for 74, four for 58, one for 16. Now he was attached to Deshaun Watson just one time in those games. Um, man, I mean, Amari has been so good this year, even with PJ Walker and exceptional with Deshaun Watson. Do you think he can buck this trend? I'll put it this way. It's a credit to how good Amari Cooper is that he's still inside my top yeah. 30 because the Browns are projected for 16 points this week. I mean, that's, that's like Tommy DeVito level. Uh, and so. they're without their right tackle now in Dewan Jones. Yeah. They're top three tackles gone. Jedrick Will's gone. Dewan now uh, shockingly gone as well. So it's been really tough. Marlon Humphrey should be fully healthy at this point too. So it's going to be a great battle to watch, but everybody and I agree with them thinks this will be a defensive battle yeah um just checking where consensus has amari cooper yeah wide receiver 26 so you were in lockstep with them john dotson welcome back sir rough open to the season hayden the past three games john dotson who is a very talented football player five for 43 eight for 108 and one and four for 69 and one averaging 5.2 targets over the past six games of the season now, if I can give some positive in his direction, because this is the Seattle Seahawks, right? This might change, obviously, if Curtis Samuel plays, but he's seeing about 40% of his snaps in the slot. And since their bye week, Seattle is, and this is from the great Richie Barnes worksheet, Seattle is allowing a league low catch rate to boundary receivers, but they are allowing an 83% catch rate to interior wideouts, which is 30th in the league. All right. Yeah, I'm, I'm just really hoping that Curtis Samuel is not out there. That would be a big difference because, like you said, Curtis Samuel's out there. That means Jahan Dotson's back on the perimeter playing against these corners that we are a little bit nervous about. Uh, the team total obviously 
lower for the commanders too. It's like under 20 points. So it's not, not a layup. You could see me move Jahan Dotson down a little bit. I liked him more the previous couple weeks than I do this week. Tyler Boyd, when T Higgins missed week five, he was six of seven for just 39 yards. Now that wasn't a fully healthy Joe Burrow, obviously at that time. Um, Tyler Boyd right now is averaging 37 and a half yards per game. It's actually his lowest number since 2017. When's like the last time you've seen him like make a no. real play? You know, it's, it's he, been like years, honestly. I, I, I think he is quietly. Is he above 30? Quietly. He's got to be right. He's got to be right there. It because feels he like was it. old entering the league too. And yeah. he's obviously on his second contract. Uh, no, he's only 28. How dumb am I? Well, it, it feels like he's 30. Um, but like you said, the difference here oh, is Joe Burrow's out. He turns 29 in, in four days. I will so. early happy birthday to you. I hope you go get yourself 50 yards here. And this one, I, I think the big difference, though, is Joe Burrow's playing like an MVP now yeah. where he wasn't previously. So all these on-off splits to me are all noise. Joe Burrow is projected for like 20, or the team's projected for like 26, 27 points this week. Tyler Boyd, you're better than, what do you say, Trenton Irwin? Yes. you got to be better than him. What about my guy, Andre Yoshivas? Maybe Not going to try that one. Too. Okay, Gabe Davis is up next. Probably the lowest we've had. You've had Gabe Davis ranked in quite some time. This is wide receiver 29. Um, and I feel like this ranking would be totally different if we got week eight usage in week nine and we did not get week eight usage in week nine. We did not, and that was sad to see. Also, not like that shocking given the circumstances of the Lou Anarumo defense. A little bit more vanilla against Denver in this one. Like you said, they're just really bad on defense. So hopefully we get a touchdown on this one, but I thought we were going to get a little more stable play from Gabe Davis. Fool me once. (laughs) Fool me a dozen times. I will still keep starting you. Yes. (laughs) Uh, speaking of Denver, Jerry Judy finishes this one out. Um, the enigma. Let's put it that way. As wide, got to show up in this one. Can you show up in garbage time? That's all we're asking for in this one. That's all we're pick asking. Lobby, do you know? Guess what? Jerry Judy in the pick and lobby receiving yards. Um, forty-two and a half. Fifty-one and a half. No, really? I mean, is it because of those Bills corners that they are so suspect? That and like the Broncos never pass the ball, so that they actually pass the ball. Oh, I mean, I took a lower on that. No, I know, but I think that's why it's higher than we were expecting. It. It's just because, like, Russ Wilson actually has to throw the ball this time. Got it. Okay. George Pickens is your wide receiver 31. We discussed it as with Deontay Johnson that since Deontay has come back, uh, everything is down for George Pickens. Caught just three of 10 targets for 21 yards over the past two weeks. And unfortunately, the Matt Canada, you are not allowed to run routes over the middle of the field because that is lava. Offense is back. It's back better than ever. Um, George Pickens somehow didn't get that toe down in the end zone. That certainly would have helped here, but that's what you're living with, with George Pickens, still player in development. Offense has looked better. They're tragically bad in the red area as well. Um, but I think that's not also a surprise knowing. And, I think the George Pickens touchdown earlier this year was their first from outside the red zone dating back to the start of last season too. So if you're bad inside the red zone and outside the red zone, then you're just bad. They don't have any explosive plays. They're like four and four on the season, aren't they? They pick up first downs, but they they can't pick up 30 yards and they can't score touchdowns, but they they are, they're kicking field goals. That's nice. Nice. I will say 
if we want to potentially see and predict a nice George Pickens week, the Packers have allowed opposing wide receivers to catch a league high 65% of their targets of 20 plus yards down the field. All righty. I've never seen you make a positive comment on George Pickens. So I like to hear that. Zay Flowers is next for you. Again, this is against the Cleveland Browns. Just as people thought he was turning the corner and being a target earner. Right. Zay Flowers, 19 yards and 11 yards. Um, and he did catch three passes for 56 yards the last time they faced this Browns defense. I believe 18. I looked it up. 18 of his targets have been screens. So that's how he's earning targets, I guess. I will say. I think Zay Flowers has more in his game than they are allowing him to do. Like, I don't think he is a 19-yard and 11-yard player in the NFL. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, <laughs> I agree with there. Continue. But I also don't believe that he is a uh, number one wideout for an NFL team. There you go. I, I completely agree with that. The problem, though, is it's just a lot to ask for a player that's in this run heavy offense to go face Denzel Ward on the perimeter at times this week. And that to me is just a lot uh, defense or offense is facing the Browns run the ball at the highest rate. When they do pass, they throw the ball to the perimeter at the highest rate in the NFL too. So Zay flowers have to come down with some very difficult catches wide receiver 52 and expected points this wow. month for Zay flowers. That's just way lower than people want to admit. Yeah, and I, I do think Zay has some really cool movement to his game. Again, we talked about with Steve back in the day, like how he squares up the defenders and can make you miss in a phone booth and all that stuff. But right now, that's only getting you so far with how he's being used in this offense. Mm -hmm. Okay, Michael Thomas. Um, again, Reeves had an incredible stat in his worksheet. Michael Thomas failed to catch a pass for the first time in a game of his career last Sunday. I should have made more of a bigger deal than I did in the instant reaction show. On Sunday night, he was targeted just one time, one target after averaging eight targets per game before that. My, I played my grandpa in a fantasy league last game. I started Michael Thomas and he texts me, why did one of your players not score any points? <laughs> I lost. Do you, um, are you like last in that league? No, 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 no. My mom and my grandpa just running hot. All right. <laughs> Lay off. <laughs> I don't have any notes for Michael Thomas. It's like the same thing over and over it again. Is. I think it's a better matchup this week just because we've talked about teams like the pass against Minnesota. And I think that he, even with last week, still way more consistent than most players. That was his, every other game has been like 50 yards plus yeah. or minus 10 of them. Noah Brown is your wide receiver at 34. Low key, one of the best players in week nine. I mean, just on the field. He was doing incredible stuff. He doesn't win early in his routes. Let's put it no. that way. But he what I like to call the dark arts of creating separation with his hands and pushing off and lean into the shoulder and again, push off with that. Mm -hmm. And then we all know that 75 yard touchdown he scored. But again, the underlying metrics that you want to hear, he has run a route on 89 and 75% of dropbacks over the past two weeks with Robert Woods sidelined. And now we almost certainly get Nico Collins sidelined in this game too. Why does he have a 39 usage this month? So it's not just the big plays. He's actually on the field, like you said. So um, I'm going to I'm gonna look into this kind of split once we see if Robert Wood's going to be in and out. I might move Noah Brown up or down based off of that. Christian Watson is next. And what we feared, and actually what I tweeted after week one has kind of come true, where in week one he did have, what, a 77-yard catch. But then the other three vertical routes, like Way no off. chance. 
Uh, he has now been held below 40 receiving yards in four of the next games after that. Again, the one he did get home in, 77-yarder. He has the third highest rate of 20-plus yard targets among all wide receivers with 20-plus targets this season. And we know that Aaron Rodgers, while his completion percentage on deep throws last year was not great, he was running super hot on touchdowns mm-hmm. to Christian Watson, and now we aren't getting anyone running super hot on touchdowns to Christian Watson, and his route tree hasn't really developed since that. That was my takeaway. His The reason why his percentage of targets downfield is so high is because he's still not a number one receiver within 15, 20 yards, and the Packers need somebody like that. That's why their consistency, to me, has been so off. Jordan Love, don't trust him. Christian Watson, though, is at least a full participant with that back injury. I'm not really concerned about that. I'll say... Four out of five games, he'll finish lower than this ranking. And then one of the five games, he'll finish as a top 15 wide receiver. So I think that we're in like flex land with him. Okay, I'm going to throw up the next five wide receivers here. Uh, JSN, Pop, Demario Douglas, Brandon Cooks, Jacoby Myers, who we kind of talked about, and then Romeo Dobbs, Christian Watson's teammate. Who do you want to hit on at this group? Can you slide Pop Douglas ahead of Zay Flowers? So we have confirmation that... Uh, Devontae Parker is still in concussion protocol. He's not going to play. Juju Brents, the corner for the Colts, he's probably not going to play with a quad injury as well. The last two games without Kendrick Bourne, he's been like the wide receiver 34 in usage. I think he's the only guy with a little bit of pop in the offense aside from Ronda Stevenson. So well uh, 46 and a half receiving yards in the pick'em lobby. You can do worse, especially in PPR leagues. He um He does have some different movements to him. You know, like Kadarius Tony, like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, dead leg, boom, go off here and cut on a dime type things. And that definitely stands out when you're watching every other pass catcher on the New England Patriots. He does a good Zay Flowers impression. I'll put it that way. There you go. Okay. Um, We will close this entire wide receiver video out with uh, Michael Wilson, who is maybe one of these intriguing names now that he has a quarterback that might be able to throw to his second pass catcher, albeit now we also have Trey McBride as a. Mm target earner in the middle of the field. Um, And also Michael Wilson has missed some time. Quentin Johnson uh, is back from the sidelines where sauce Garner sent him to. I mean, threw him into the freaking water boy. It's a tough matchup against sauce Garner, but you don't see NFL wide receivers get driven to the bench. A la water boy style. Yeah. Throwing out the club. Yeah. Um, Cleo Shakur, Josh Reynolds, Odell Beckham, Elijah Moore. And then I had to end it here. I think it's another Rashad, Rashid Shahid week. Let's move him up. Put him ahead of uh, Michael Wilson. How about that? I'll change my rank. Wow. All the way at the top of this tier. Can I give you why? Yeah. Okay. They face the Minnesota Vikings. Blitz. Single high. We have heard Derek Carr Tell Rashid Shahid this season, hey, if I get this single high look, I'm just throwing it to you, you know? And Brian Flores is going to show that look pre-snap, and it's just up to Rashid Shahid to have a nice release and to get down the field and catch one or two of those passes, and we could see him skyrocket up to, you know, a top 24 wide receiver week. And I think just the matchup is going to dictate Derek Carr making that pre-snap read and to throw it down the field, even if he only plays – 31% 31% of the snaps. How much different do you think he is than like Christian Watson as like a fancy asset right now? Christian Watson, a little bit 
better. Oh, he's but... playing a lot more. Christian Watson's playing a lot more. Like right. we talk about it every single week, but for Shichi, he was playing like 63% of snaps. Like, dear Lord, I, I couldn't resist you. He's, I mean, it's not just the go routes too. When I watched him this offseason, the in-breaking routes, the outbreaking routes, the comeback routes, I was like, whoo. Frustrating is he's not really a free agent this offseason. Yeah. He's an exclusive rights free agent because if he was just in the open market, um, hey, so many teams would be calling and being like, it's tough to get this juice. Yes. I will give it to you. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I'm with you. He can do a lot more than what he's being asked to do right now. That's yep. for sure. I agree. Anything you want to say about anyone else? Um, no. Are you missing uh, Isaiah McKenzie from this list? Oh no! Do you I, even have McKenzie on this on on the tiers list? Probably not. We're, no chance. We're, we're, we're beyond that. I mean, look, we've thrown out some interesting names that I think yeah. people that are missing the Eagles wide receivers or mm-hmm. the the Dolphins wide receivers or any of that. Like uh, Noah Brown, I think is a perfect example of that. Yep. And again, the reason I did bring up Isaiah McKenzie, I mean, it is on my radar, and we talked about the Kyler Grants in a little bit. You have Michael Pittman as the wide receiver six overall and then no other Colts wide receivers here when in many games this season they have made two wide receivers extremely relevant. I agree. Yeah. Okay. That does it. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Thank you, Producer Weaves. Um, Have a wonderful Friday and Saturday and then Sunday morning. Join back with us for our Start Sit Show. Uh, It depends on how good the (laughs) Colts-Patriots game is going to be based on when we go live but at the latest it'll be like 12 15 i'm fasting until we hit 90,000 subs we are right there (laughs) i'm skipping out lunch you're skipping out lunch all right uh yeah and send josh to jamaica for a hundred thousand subs all right up the villa we'll talk to y'all soon see you